you were going to preach, it sounded like. <laughs> that was good, good thoughts. Turn with me in your Bible, if you would, this morning to the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 2. I talked last week about taking a couple of sidebars in the midst of the message and uh, really referencing some verses I hadn't thought of in preparation uh, for the message uh, last week. And last week it was about uh, growing, making changes through growth from First Peter chapter 2, the opening three verses, if you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, if you're a born-again Christian, uh, there are some things that ought to be gone in our lives, uh, according to that passage, talked about all malice, all guile, hypocrisies, envies, all uh, evil speakings, and then there some, there's some growth that needs to take place. As newborn babes, just like a newborn babe, you are to, and here's the command, desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. And so I talked about we need to put off some things in our lives and then try to grow so that those things don't fit anymore. The problem is sometimes we put things off in our lives but then don't grow as a Christian. So it's very easy to go back to it. But if we grow in the meantime, uh, maybe over a period of a week, maybe over a period of a month or a couple months or a year, uh, some of the things that used to be customary in our lives but were sinful, weren't right, uh, won't fit anymore because we've grown, we've made some changes, and we are more like Christ and so forth. And so I really challenged us last week to uh, make a commitment to putting some things off and to try to grow, and by this Sunday already trying to grow. Now, you, you may have attempted that. Uh, you may have done that. You may have put some things off in your life. Maybe it was one thing, and I said for some of you, you're going to tackle the, the worst thing in your life first. Uh, because you like to conquer the big things first and then make it easier. Others of you like to small, start small, get a victory or two, and then build up to something different. And, and there's no crime either way. There's no sin either way. But we put off something in our lives and then try to grow this week. Now, I can imagine uh, if you did that and you really attempted to do that, uh, you, may, you may have even fallen this week in those same areas. And you say, well, I failed. Well, really, this whole message then is a, a sidebar. Uh, this idea, by the way, a sidebar can be a legal term where a judge and a, an attorney meet together and just discuss the case off to the side without the presence of the jury. A sidebar can also be a brief, I'll emphasize the word, a brief discussion uh, alongside a longer discussion. Well, uh, it'll be about 30 minutes brief, okay? And uh, But we want to just talk about this idea again, just this furthering idea. I want to give you some hope, because maybe this week you, you tried some of that and you felt like you failed. You felt like it didn't work. Uh, some people say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Have you ever heard that? Uh, well, Dr. Berg used to say this, you're not a dog and they aren't tricks, Okay? Uh, you're not a dog, and, and this isn't talking about tricks. And the Lord will help you with this. Uh, in fact, the Lord, if you are a born-again child of God, if you're already a Christian, and as I look across the auditorium, we're not on live stream right now, I believe I, I'm talking to Christians. So 
Uh, being a Christian, I want you to know changes have already begun in your life, and I want to make you aware of them this morning. Uh, because I, th- I think you, it's helpful to know that you now have God on your side. You, you now have uh, the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. You have some tremendous biblical truths that are actually now tools, uh, that, that are actually now help uh, in helping you to make the changes needed in your life. So I want to talk to you about giving hope that you can really change. Let's, let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Father, as we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do come as your children. And uh, even as you stated, and I referred to in one of those side uh, comments last week, that you allow us to call you Father, and you're going to call us sons and daughters, even though we're not yet what we shall be. And even though that won't happen until we see Christ. Uh, So Father, I'm so thankful for this secure relationship that I have in you. Uh, If I sinned this week that did not remove my heavenly destiny, nor did it end my personal relationship with you. Uh, Father, I also recognize, and, and I want us all to recognize today, that you have begun a work in us that you will perform until the day of Jesus Christ. And later on in Philippians, Paul, through you, describes that what, what that is, to will and to do your good pleasure. So Father, I'm asking you to give us hope today that we can grow and we can change. Uh, and Father, help us to separate the two of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If I were to ask you this morning, can you grow as a Christian? I think a majority of you, if not all of you, would readily say yes. But if I were to ask all of you, can you change? Some of you might all of a sudden change your response. And I'm not sure. You know, and the reason is you've tried before, you've worked on it maybe over years. Uh, you maybe also saw it in your parents or in the upbringing, uh, whatever it may, nature it may have been. And so sometimes you think it's ingrained in you and it's just who you are. So again, I think we're all under this understanding, I can grow, but we may not all be under this understanding that we can change. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you don't need to turn there, uh, the, the Word of God teaches that when we become a Christian, we become a new creature. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a... Do you feel new? Uh, do, does it, do you feel different? Uh, or you might say, I, I don't feel any different. How, how am I a new creature? I, I'm still struggling with my flesh. And the reality of it is, we still have our flesh. Uh, Paul addresses that. He says, there's things I shouldn't be doing, I am doing. There's things I am doing, I shouldn't be doing. Uh, So he looked at it, it was going on both ways. And and I think as you look at and evaluate your life, you may recognize, you know what, I've still got a flesh that drags me down. I I often refer to this verse found in Uh, the Lord talking to the disciples in the garden. So he's just about ready to leave them. And while he goes off to pray, they go off to to sleep. 
And he wakes them for the third time. And he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is... And I've mentioned this many times. Uh, Flesh doesn't feel very weak. feels really strong. Drags me down quick. I don't know about you. But the reality of it is in that context, he's saying the flesh isn't going to help you to do right. Uh, It's very weak when it comes to doing right. It's very weak when it comes to pleasing the Lord. uh, Acting like a new creature. So, you know, you might say, I don't feel very different. I'm still struggling with the flesh. What's different? Well, the difference is you now have the Holy Spirit living in you. You're now a child of God. You now can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You now have a conscience that's been quickened. By the way, there's a difference between the working of your conscience and the working of your Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the conscience can be defiled and is often very much shaped by your upbringing or shaped by your environment. Have you ever met a, a child who doesn't see anything wrong with cursing or doesn't see anything wrong with stealing, doesn't see anything wrong? Why don't they see anything wrong? I thought they had a conscience. Well, they did but it got quickly defiled by the environment that they're in. Well, you can't defile the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit works totally different in your life. In fact, your Holy, the Holy Spirit can renew uh, your conscience. And uh, maybe it's seared, as the Scripture says, with a hot iron. Well, the Holy Spirit can quicken that conscience and again some wake, some, awake some sensitivity into it. So there, there, you are a new creature. Before, you, you were really destined to do wrong. Oh yes, I know, there were times successes in your life. Uh, but they weren't, it wasn't ever righteousness. Just because you do what's, something that's good or right doesn't make it righteous. Do you believe that? There are a lot of people out there doing some good things. But it isn't righteous because doing it righteous means you're doing the right thing uh, for the right motive and through the right strength. And that would be the Lord. So they're doing it maybe for personal recognition. Uh, They're maybe doing it of their own volition and of their own strength. Uh, There's people that are stopping drinking that aren't Christians. Uh, Is that righteous? I'm glad. I'm certainly glad but I can't call it righteous. So again, we're a new creature in that we don't just have the flesh now and maybe a weakened conscience to try to steer us in the right direction. Uh, We now have this Holy Spirit living within us. We are quickened. We are made alive. Uh, We can now be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We can now put on the whole panoply, the whole armor of God. Uh, that we can fight against the wiles of the devil just so we can stand as Christians. So I want you to notice here in Ephesians chapter 2, again, I want to just give us some hope uh, that not only can we change, but the change has already been started. And maybe the reason you haven't noticed it, because you didn't do it. You're so used to doing the changes that when someone else does it for you, uh, maybe you didn't notice, maybe something like a, Uh, reorganizing the the room, the living room. Maybe your wife uh, rearranges the living room and uh, she comes in, what do you you think of the living room? What do you mean what do I think of the living room? You didn't even notice. 
because uh, you didn't have anything to do with the changes that took place. Well, look here in Ephesians chapter 2. And you, talking about Christians, and you hath he quickened, the idea of making alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So you were uh, unresponding to the Holy Spirit. You were unresponding to God because you were dead in, you were just living in your trespasses and sins. Uh, Look at verse number 2. Wherein in time past, again, spoken in the past tense, ye walked, past tense, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, um, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So you are a disobedient child who was being more controlled by the, the world around you and by Satan than you definitely were of God. So he's saying, you know, there was a time when things were different. You weren't a Christian. You weren't alive in Christ. Uh, You were walking according to the course of this world. You were allowing this world to dictate who you are and what you're going to respond like and so forth. Uh, You were a disobedient child, but your father was not God. Your father was Satan. Verse number three. Among whom also we all had our conversation, our lifestyle, our living in times past, notice that again, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, again, were, past tense, by nature children of wrath, even as others. By the way, even even as others have no hope. And so again, he, he's being really clear. He's saying, there was a, you are a lot different already. Uh, there are some changes that have been enacted in your life. So why did that change come? Well, look at the beginning of verse 4. But God. I'm doing a whole series on but God. And won't do a sidebar on that right now. But God who is rich in mercy. For His great love wherewith. Uh, He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath He quickened us together with Christ. By the way, some people say you have to be regenerated before you can get saved. Uh, Somebody told me you have to become a Christian before you can even get saved. And I'm like, (laughs) and he was a college professor and a former pastor. And a former member. <laughs> Some reason he didn't last long. But anyway. Even the Bible itself talks about in the book of John several places. That after you pass from death unto life. Uh, you are saved by, uh, by, by becoming a uh, new creature. By trusting in Jesus Christ alone. Then you pass from death unto life. You don't pass from death unto life and then get saved. Uh, It is the salvation process that takes you from death into life. And that's in John chapter 5 and John chapter 11, uh, if you later on want to look at that. But again, we're by grace here saved. Praise the Lord for that. So mercy and grace brought us to the place of salvation. Look at now verse number 7. That in the ages to come. Okay, here's the future for us. Everything else was the past up to verse number 6. That in the ages to come, ye might show, ye might demonstrate, ye might proclaim the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then, verse number 10, for we are His workmanship. So again, God saved us so that He might change us. 
that we might become now His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good work. So what a tremendous passage of Scripture. But again, I want you to notice some changes have already been brought in your life. Before, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Before, you, you had your conversation according to the course of this world. I mean, you were just living like this world. And maybe it wasn't so deep and dark in your life because you were in a Christian home and they were protecting you. But I still want you to know, you had a, a sinful, wretched soul even in a Christian home. And I still want you to know you were a child of wrath, even as others which have no hope. Uh, because uh, you, were, you were not quickened, you were not made alive. So, no, maybe you, you didn't pick up the cigarettes, and maybe you never uh, had a bottle of beer touched to your lips, but you were still a dirty, rotten sinner. You know, sometimes people want to make those comments as if I've never been that bad of a person. Well, let's, let's look at your life compared to the Scriptures, and I think you all come to this conclusion. Yeah, we were that bad of a person. It just was in other ways, and maybe largely pride. Uh, by the way, pride can be a stronger drink than alcohol and uh, can saturate our soul. In moving to chapter 4, where I want to look again, let's look at one verse in chapter 3. This is just an incredible book. Uh, but I want to look at one of the changes in chapter 3, verse 16. That he would grant you, this is a prayer that Paul was making for the people of the, the church now of Ephesus, that he, God, would grant you, according to the riches of his, God's glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. You know, before you became a child of God, you weren't able to be strengthened with might in the inner man. Before you became a Christian, before you became a child of God, every victory you got over sin was something you did from the outside. Uh, ha have there been, again, people who quit drinking alcohol? That, yes, there have been. Um, they possibly went to a, a, an alcohol. Alcoholics Anonymous type of a class. Uh, they, they, they quit buying the alcohol. They, they made some good steps in the right direction. But they were doing it all on their own. And they were doing it all from the outside. And that's why some of them... I, I, I made mention before, we had a gentleman here who had lost his arm uh, up to here in a motorcycle accident. He was uh, drinking and on a motorcycle and crashed and lost his arm and uh, became part of the fellowship here back when we were at the porch and rail shops. Uh, I remember him talking about, I met with him several times, his name was Mark, I met with him several times, and uh, he, had, he had made a number of changes. Uh, he, he said, you know, I was drinking every night after work, so it changed the way I went home. You know, he made, that's a good decision to make. And so he said, I started going home a different direction. That way I didn't even drive by that bar, and it, didn't remind me of the friends that I had there and so forth. And so uh, Mark began to make these changes in his life. Why? He lost his arm. You know, why, why continue on a life like this that can uh, be even more devastating than that? But it had gotten to about a year and a half after his recovery from alcohol, basically done working on it from the outside and not from within. 
And uh, I, I noticed Mark had missed a couple of services, but he, he started back at the bar again. Yeah, I wanted to go by and just see whose car was there. You know, you know how Satan tempts us and how our own flesh tempts us. And uh, he, he wasn't being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Uh, by the way, I say that you are under the control of alcohol far before you ever take your first sip. Because it controls where you go and it controls what you buy. And uh, it controls if you ever go into the bar itself or wherever. Or as sadly we see now up to our gas station. Big signs, cold beer sold here. Uh, I'd like to, can it be walking in the spirit and tear those signs out of the yard? I'm not sure yet. Uh, But I feel like it. Because uh, it's just another place. Isn't that a great place to sell it where people are stopping to fuel their car up and now, now they can get that or the grocery store anyway. So anyway, I want us to understand, he says in, in this verse, we are strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And I'm going to address that briefly at the very end. But I want us to know the changes that we're talking about are changes that are going to come from within Changes that are brought about by growth through the Holy Spirit in our lives. So let's go over to chapter 4. I just want to show you a couple of more verses. Again, trying to give you hope. I want you to know you're different. This isn't the flesh getting victory over the flesh. Uh, This isn't just working on your character and personality and and your sin problems. This is about surrendering. This, this is about saying, hey, I'm a new creature that, that can't handle this on my own. I need help. And I've now got the Holy Spirit living in me, and I can now be strong in the Lord. And if God be for me, us, who can be against us? And I've now got the Lord Jesus Christ praying for me at the throne of God. I've got the Holy Spirit making groanings which cannot be uttered for me. I've got a lot of things going my way. And if we're living the Christian life like God wants us to, we're, we're attending some church and we're, we're trying to get some fellowship and we're trying to grow in grace and in the knowledge. And, and by the way, I, I'm, I'm not belittling the live stream. Praise the Lord for it because that's how some are attending and that's how some are growing. Man, I, I am so thankful that we had live stream up and running and so, so, so many are, can still be feeding that way. But again, you, you get fed that way. And so uh, whether it's in person or whether it's live stream, we, we can grow. and We can make changes. So look beginning in verse 17. Verse, uh, chapter 4. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not from here on out. So now this is talking future. Remember, there are some changes that have taken place in my life in the past. Uh, I, I've been quickened, I've been made alive, I've been given the Holy Spirit. Uh, my, my conversation or my lifestyle has changed. Why is that? Because of but God. God entered into my life and by His grace and mercy I've been saved. So now I'm to not henceforth walk, walk not as other Gentiles walk. And when he uses that phrase, I just want you to understand uh, I, I would, as I look out here, I think predominantly we're Gentile here. We've had a few with some Jewish uh, ancestry as well. But I think we're Gentiles here. But it's not talking about race in that way. He's using this as a, if you don't walk like other unsaved people walk. 
uh, before we're saved. It, what are they? How are they walking? They're walking in the vanity of their mind. And verse number and the verse seventeen. Look at verse eighteen. They're walking having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over. This isn't being given over by God. They've given themselves over to uh, over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. By the way, notice again there, verses 17 to 19, some of the things that were identifying features before we got saved. We had a vain mind, according to verse 17. Our understanding was darkened, according to verse 18. We were alienated from the life of God. We weren't Christians. We weren't in the family of God. He also talks about that in Ephesians 2. We won't go back to there. Uh, we had a, bl- a heart that was blinded by our own flesh and by our own desires and sin. Uh, we were past feeling. If we sinned long enough, we didn't even care if we sinned anymore. Again, one of the differences is, even though you've been defeated sometimes over years, you still keep trying to get the victory through Christ. And that's only because now Christ is in you. Uh, some people say, you know, I don't even know if I'm saved. I, I keep battling with that sin. Well, if you weren't saved, you wouldn't keep battling. You wouldn't care. But now you've got the Holy Spirit working in your heart. And He's renewing your conscience. And you do care. And so part of the evidence is that you, one of the evidences that you are saved is that you are battling and that you aren't uh, blinded. Your heart isn't blinded. The reality is your eyes are wide open, and you see yourself as a miserable, wretched sinner. And you say, wow, I must not be saved. It's probably an evidence you are saved. You see yourself as you are. Again, what I'm trying to say is, there's some hope because there's some things that are changing in your life and maybe you just didn't recognize the changes. Again, it's like somebody rearranging the furniture and you didn't realize it. You didn't notice it. Well, I want you to know God has begun to, be, has begun to re, uh, change the furniture in your life, so to speak. Begin to remodel your life. And there are some subtle changes. And look what he concludes it by saying in verse number 20, but ye have not so learned Christ. You didn't learn that type of living from Christ. So now you need to put off, verse 22, renew the spirit of your mind, uh, verse 23, and put on some things according to verse 24, if I remember correctly. By the way, uh, just because you sin doesn't mean you haven't changed. Did you get that? Just because you've sinned doesn't mean you haven't changed. Let's go back to last week. We talked about putting some things off and trying to grow this week and uh, trying to be a new person by, by this Sunday, or at least partly new, uh, trying to grow a little bit by this Sunday. And, and maybe you, uh, uh, let's just continue to use the thing of alcohol. Let's say you can decide to put off alcohol but man, Friday the temptation got strong and 
Well, you, you didn't drink as much as you used to, but you did drink two bottles of alcohol. Hopefully I'm talking about beer and not something real strong, or you wouldn't be with us any longer. But anyway, uh, I shouldn't be making foolish jesting over that. But, uh, well, you did sin, right? But you did grow. Because you put it off till Friday and you didn't drink as much. So just because you sin doesn't mean you didn't grow any. You know, sometimes we just throw in the towel, so to speak. Don't throw in the towel. You've got God on your side. Uh, put it off. Just put it off again. Okay, so you, so you broke down. So you, so you committed the sin again. Okay, just put it off again. And get back to growing again. You're never going to be perfect. Again, I referenced a couple of verses in my prayer to the Father uh, in opening this service. Uh, he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ, so willing to do His good pleasure from uh, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 and chapter 2 and verse number 13. And again, we won't be like Him until we shall see Him as He is in First uh, John chapter 3 and verse 3. Uh, or chapter 3 and verse 2, then he that hath this hope purifieth himself even as he is pure. So let's just keep working on the process. So remember David said, said, David said in Psalm 101, I will set no wicked things before mine eyes. Do you remember hearing that verse before? I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Two years later, he sins with Bathsheba. This is a man walking after God's own heart. This is a man committed to, I won't set any wicked thing before mine eyes. Guess what? He did. But a just man falleth, what? Seven times and riseth up again. And so I want you to know, dear friend, you're, you're still going to have temptations. Uh, you're still going to have struggles. At times, you're still going to commit sin. We're going to talk about anger in the next hour. Don't get angry about this, but you're going to be angry again. It's going to, you're never going to be perfect. Like James says, if you can control the tongue, you can control the entire body. No man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly member that no man can tame. But you can control it. Again, you'll never get to the place where your tongue, you'll never... Sin with your mouth, with your words, but you should still be controlling it. So again, dear friend, I want to just give you some hope. Uh, don't get this idea, well, I put something off, but I did it again this week, so it, it just don't work. No, it does. This isn't about working or not working. This is about trusting in the Lord. This is about abiding in Him. This is about walking in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is about growing in Christ. Uh, again, you don't go from infancy in that sin to maturity uh, in, in one week. Uh, you don't go from kindergarten to a doctorate degree in one week. It takes some time. It takes some growth. And some of these things, you're going to work on the rest of your life. But that's part of being a child of God. So what do we do? Well, speaking to Christians, because I believe I am, and I've challenged many of you from the Scripture about salvation before. 
but dear friend, again, if you are not in Christ, it, it won't help you to tr continue to tell us that you are. You won't get any help by that. Uh, truly surrender to Him and you'll become a child of God and get all the help you need. But as a Christian, what you do then is talk to your Heavenly Father and ask Him for help. Uh, the Scripture says He'll make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I always ask the Lord, make that way of escape broad and put there some shining lights there, arrow pointing this way, this way, thou fool. Uh, you know, and Lord, make it clear to me. Guess what? Sometimes, even though He makes a way of escape, I'll be able to bear it. I still sin. I don't know about you, but I still do. But He is, he is what? He is faithful and just to... Forgive us our sins. So yeah, He wants to cleanse us and to get us back on the right track again. So again, as a Christian, you ask the Lord for help. You look for the ways of escape. You maybe even pray about it. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. You now become more proactive and preventative in your life. And you now make some adjustments in your life to make no provision for the flesh that you might fulfill the lust thereof. So you do your part as well, and you try to enter into the battle like, like David, saying, I'm, I'm going to work it, not setting any wicked thing before mine eyes. Yes, the Lord for help you. Allow Him to make the ways of escape that you might be able to bear it. And, and you, 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 when you see a victory in your life, you give praise to the Lord. And if you fail, you confess, Lord, I failed. Thank you for forgiving me in Christ. And you rise back up again. A key part of this is also, though, getting into the Word. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word. You can't grow without getting into the Word. Now, again, I, I'm not wishing for you to start a a Bible study on Ezekiel to get victory over alcohol, okay? Uh, it's just, you know, you, you've got to somewhat fit the program to what you're dealing with. So you may want to get into the book of Proverbs and study what it says about strong drink and so forth if you're dealing with that type of a sin and if you're dealing with some other type of a, a flesh uh, desire, then, then you maybe search for some other scriptures. You also maybe go to passage like Romans chapter 6, a sanctification passage. It talks about how uh, we are now to yield our members as servants to Christ. Okay, And so we get into the Word and try to grow thereby. Remember, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So, hope. I want to give some hope. Maybe you tried to change this week and you felt like you utterly failed. Okay? Let's confess, I utterly failed. Uh, now let's get back up and let's start trying to grow again. Otherwise, you're just saying, I'm doomed to failure, I'm not even going to try anymore. Well, that's almost like evidence that you're, you're, you've got a darkened heart. You're blinded. Uh, that, that takes you back into you've got a vain mind. That takes you back to sounding like you're not saved. So let's, let's live like a new creature. A new creature, get this, a new creature is not sinless. But a new creature desires to sin 
less. Let's pray. Dear Father, you know who we are. Uh, Psalm 103 that we're studying, you said you remembereth our frame and that we are but dust. I think sometimes we forget who we are. I think sometimes we think we are better than what we are. And so, Father, uh, we've been humbled sometimes in looking at how we've failed. And we, we need some hope that changes can come, become part of our lives. Uh, with heads bowed and eyes closed, who would say, Keith, as you preached, uh, yeah, I've kind of fit that mold of what you're talking about. I need some hope, and I, I really appreciate God's Word addressing this. Would you pray for me? Uh, I really want to pick myself back up here again, and, and I, I really want to continue to grow. Will you pray for me with an upraised hand? Just acknowledge. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Good. You may put those hands down. Dear Father, you've seen beyond the hands. And uh, Father, I commit these that have acknowledged, wow, they want to grow. And they, they needed some hope. They needed some reassurance. Uh, they don't need the threat of, I'm going to lose my salvation every time I do wrong to govern them. No, uh, you said in, in your word that it was because of your grace. That's what brings us to repentance, not a threat of taking our, our eternal life. No, it's, it's your grace and how long-suffering and tender and kind you are. And so, Father, we just admit we need help. Please help us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.